Welcome to GM3, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. It is week 14. I am Tate Frazier, and I am joined on this Sunday evening by Mr. Mike Lombardi. Lombardi, how you doing? I'm great. You know, you pull these shirts out. Muggsy Bogues. I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. You know, did you remember those ABA balls? Of course. Oh, God. When I, I was love a, the ABA. That's one thing that you When I was know. a kid growing up, you have an ABA ball, like if somebody in the neighborhood, and it was like the coolest thing of all time. That's, that's pretty neat. I like it. The like ABA it. gets a lot of credit for everything the ABA started. Yeah. We should just say that off the top. The ABA was great. Did they start the three-point shot? Of course. Started a lot of things. They should, the, a, lot the of, a lot of traditions came out of the ABA. I, I like it. I like the Virginia Squires. Were you a Virginia? You, you were the Carolina Cougars. Carolina Cougars, of course. Oh, yeah. Larry Brown. I uh, love Larry. Yeah. God, we got to get Larry on the we're pod. We're going to get Larry on this podcast. We get Larry on the pod. You we, know, may, we, we may we're start an like ABA strange, podcast. Like we're a, playing like strangers. We got to get Larry on the pod. We will. We will. Maybe when we go to Philadelphia. Uh, uh, for the parade? Uh, we don't know if that's going to happen. And that's... A good thing to start off at the top. Actually, let's let's start with the Steelers. So it's week okay. fourteen. We just watched the Steelers. Yeah, we just did. Uh, we had a nice little chat. We had a nice little thing. You yeah, Steelers. Joel st- Solomon was invited. He stiffed us tonight. I he know, said he, he was even, coming over. Didn't Mr. even reach Pittsburgh out to us. Fan. Didn't even. I didn't get a text from him, Mr. Pittsburgh. Fan. I haven't heard from him. I don't even know if he watched. But that was a that was a great game. I mean, yeah. that was fun. I mean, the last look. I think this was really just a. This was a really good weekend for football. Mm-hmm. I mean, the officiating was horrible. Don't get me wrong, but there was some great. I mean, I was at Tony Peace today. There was there was a lot of good games on. You know, you had Hugh Jackson leading those Cleveland Browns because he's coming back next year. Don't worry about that, Cleveland Poor fans. Cousin Sal. Cousin Sal, I feel so bad for you, but it's his own fault. You walk into that dungeon called Cleveland, <laughs> you, you you get what you deserve, right? One week he's going to look like a genius. I mean, I bet you. What I'd like to know is what was Cousin Sal doing when he was up? What was he up? Twenty-one 20, to seven. Twenty-one to seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's probably thinking, "I got this one right." <laughs> In fact, I told Millie, I said, "Cousin Sal's probably really happy right now." And then you could just feel it coming back. And then you know that game was on, and then we had Carolina. That was a great. That was a really good game going back and forth. You had the da- like. You know, the, the, the misnomer of the day was the Giants-Cowboy game. The Clapper looks like he's got a 20-point win, but that game was nip and tuck until the bitter end. Mm-hmm. So that, that was actually a good game, too. And then San Francisco and Houston was a good – I mean, today was a good – then the afternoon games I thought were really good. So that was good, but let's go over them. Okay, let's uh, let's start with Carson Wentz. Let's start, let's start with yeah. that whole situation. So for people that didn't see this, obviously the Rams uh, – don't get a victory at home today. They they lose in this one, but the real big loss of this one is Carson Wentz goes down, and it is reported and is not confirmed yet. There will be an MRI tomorrow in right. Philadelphia that Carson Wentz has torn his ACL, which obviously would lead to him being out for the rest of the season. Let's talk about what happened and and how this whole thing played out. So he he's he runs in for a touchdown. What would what would be a touchdown? He gets crunched between two guys. His two legs get kind of just you know sandwiched together. Right. He gets back up. He looks shook. Right. Right. No, he looks shook. I mean, I'm sitting on. I'm watching. I'm now. I'm no longer at Tony P's. I'm at my house. I said to Millie, "That guy's hurt." Mm-hmm. You know, you could see he's hurt. He had that. His face was red. He went I, ghost almost. He like, kind of yeah. went ghost. And so they moved the ball back and they hand off the for a next holding play, penalty. For yep. a holding penalty, which was clearly a holding penalty. Mm-hmm. I'm sure nobody in Philly thought it was a hold, but anyway, <laughs> it was a holding penalty. And then they run it on. They run it on first down, and you can see he's rubbing his leg. You can kind of see him rubbing his leg. You know, like from my vantage point on the couch, I know he's hurt. Like I. I can tell. And he looks like he's in a lot of pain. He's like grasping for breath. He runs it again. Then on third down, they call a pass. Yep. And he doesn't move an inch. He just throws it and it's incomplete. And then on fourth down, shockingly, they go for it, right? And they rush three, which, you know, and he doesn't move an inch. He stays right there and you and he throws it away. 
and he's thrown it to Aguilar, but Aguilar doesn't catch it, and Jeffrey makes a hell of a catch for a touchdown. And, you know, it really saves everybody in Philly because – to me, at that point, like, I don't know why he just didn't kick the field goal. I don't know why he didn't kick the field goal when you could see your quarterback really wasn't as, the same that he should have been, right? Mm-hmm. But that, that's He obviously neither, didn't see that. Uh, obviously, he was at a, attending a different <laughs> – he was looking at a sheet calling, you know? And he comes off the field, and you could see him rubbing his leg, and then, then the announcer, the sideline reporter, says, well, we think he has a concussion, which, you know, look, you know he doesn't have a concussion. Like, at some point, like, no, you could see it. And then he walks in, and then we find out that – he potentially could have a torn ACL. When they were waiting for that fourth down call to get to get called in to to see if they're going to go he for it, he was in not. a lot of pain. He uh, he had his you know his hands on his hips and he takes a step and his knee just kind of like buckles oh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And I saw him look down and uh, that right then pretty much pointed to this. This yeah. is going to be a problem. You know. So what happens is they take him in. They those guys, you know, Doctor Deluca, the Philly Philadelphia team doctor, wonderful man, great great surgeon. Um, he he you know he's been obviously he does the flyers he does the 70s i mean he doesn't do the 76ers he does the flyers he does he the did the 76ers he'd well, be they a really would, busy man well no they would be they would be out for 17 weeks i mean <laughs> that would be it you know the hemorrhoids out in the month you know i have a sore throat i mean could you imagine if the 76ers were your parents uh-huh. and you wanted didn't want to go to school i have a sore throat you're out for three weeks yeah, you, you would never you would never have perfect the attendance. 76ers would be the perfect parent anyway i don't know how we get on that subject but anyway they'd be the perfect parents to have so you can miss school right get to watch maury at home yeah, go, just yeah, hang out yeah, watch jerry yeah, springer yeah, judge you know, judy i'd cough up a lung to miss school right <laughs> so anyway anyway so when they do those tests tate frazier they know pretty well like they don't like usually so they do a manual test right the and tent. they check this and they, mm-hmm. they do it so often they check the stability of the knee right yeah and you can move with an acl you can walk with an acl you just can't play football with an acl tour tear now philip rivers did it in a championship game years ago but you know philip rivers didn't move around Wentz, his whole game is movement right it's his whole game like that game there was a to me an example of you know, people lose sight of how great Wentz is. They think, well, it's the Eagles' offense. No, the Eagles' offense is Wentz. Mm-hmm. It was third and 11 on Sunday. Touchdown. Third and 12. Big pet. I mean, they're in more third downs than most every team in the league, and he makes a play because he can move his feet. I mean, Wade Phillips made the commentator made the comment to Troy Aikman. He brought it on the broadcast. He said, this guy's impossible to tackle. That's the problem. And, you know, the Eagles came back, won the game. Great win for the Eagles. Don't take anything away from him. I mean, the strip sack on Jared Goff was by Chris Long was a great play. So that won the game for him. But and now they got it. Now if Nick Foles has to move forward. It'll be interesting. It'll be some irony there, too, because, you know, not too long ago, Nick Foles was the chosen son to be right. the Philadelphia quarterback to lead this team to a Super Bowl. You know, that's what everyone thought he could do. I mean, not quite Kevin Cobb, but on a certain level, they thought he could do that. Now it's a, he's back. He's in this position. The Philadelphia fans are going to say he can carry this team. Well, by but, the time that plane lands in Philadelphia tonight, if, if he's redeemed out Philly, we can win it with Foles. But Foles, we, we can win it. I, I mean, look, do you, you don't, if the guy's an MVP candidate, you just mm-hmm. don't take him out of your team and say we can compensate for him especially considering the fact that your team is in the top five the buffalo's in this group cleveland you're not in an esteemed company here of offensively you're in more third and sixes than any team in the national football league which means you're not doing things consistently and wentz has bailed you out and wentz i think unfortunately wentz has not played the game uh He's played reckless. This is the way he's played. I mean, he's played with no fear of his body, and unfortunately, he got hurt. I mean, you could see this was coming. 
I mean, I didn't predict it's coming, but you could see the way he plays. He couldn't take these shots and keep standing. The worst part about it is that, you know, he dives for the end zone on a play that it doesn't even matter because it's a holding penalty. So right. he takes this huge shot that I think probably led to – we're not sure what actually happened to lead the ACL, but, I mean, pretty much all signs point to that. So he dives in. It's on a holding call, so it doesn't even count. Um, the one thing I will say about Foles – the third down, he uh, the game selling third down. He Great does make a good throw to Aguilar, and that is some promise to show that maybe he does have some. Right. And, some I mean, some give credit there. to you know they threw the ball on that down. They had to try to win the game there. Their defense was exhausted, mm-hmm. and, and and I think that you know they won the game. I mean, they didn't play well in the kicking game. Their defense gave up points. They're going to need a true team effort. I mean, they have a good enough team to where, but they're going to have to rely on other people now. Because the main guy, if he's hurt and he's misses, he's going to miss some time. I mean, I don't think he's playing next week, even if they if it's not a torn ACL. But again, I would say, in my experience, you know, we, we all hope it's not, but those guys typically don't miss those injuries. The MRI usually reveals it's worse than than reveals it's better. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say this, uh, you know, when Peters went down and Cox went down, all these guys kept falling down. But the thing you came back to was they still have the MVP. They right. still have the MVP. Right. And unfortunately, they, they don't. don't have him anymore. Uh, we also have the Panthers. The Panthers had a big win. Eight straight for the Vikings going into Carolina. Uh, the Panthers and Cam Newton. Cam Newton has this unbelievable 62-yard run um, where he fixed the handoff to Jonathan Stewart. A game where they had an 11-point lead in the fourth quarter. The Vikings come all the way back. The Panthers, you know, in a third down situation, looked like they were reeling a little bit. Cam pulls off this great run, and then Jonathan Stewart, you know, plugs it in for a touchdown. And then Cam, after the game, so he gets tackled on like the eight yard line. Actually, maybe even closer than that. He says after the game that he got tackled on purpose because he wanted to run the clock out and make the Vikings use their timeouts. I love you, Cam, but I know you did not do that. (laughs) I know you didn't do that. I love it. I thought that was a great game. I thought that was a really good game. I think there were so many chances that Minnesota could have just said, okay, we retreat, no, we retreat here. And they just kept battling back. And I, you know, people want to count Case Keenum out. I mean, he threw in a bad interception early in the game. He ended up with two, but one was towards the end of the game. But I, I, you know, look, they battled. Carolina battle. It was a great game. Mm-hmm. It was a great game. It was back and forth. And when Carolina tied it up off the tip pass from McCaffrey, didn't catch the ball, got tipped up in the air, and then he intercepted it. You know, you're thinking, okay, they need to stop. And Cam came through and made a play. So it was that was an emotion on the sideline from Carolina was another indication that it was a it was like a playoff game. You could see the intensity from both these two teams, just like you could see the intensity in the Philadelphia. Philadelphia St. Uh, Los Angeles game. The intensity in that game was really, really. It was really a playoff a atmosphere. Yeah, for there sure. was a playoff atmosphere for both teams, and I think the Rams realize now that you know they lose a lot of corners in their game. Maybe they're not as good on defense. The Eagles' offensive line. You know, thing I thought the other thing going back to the Eagle game, which I found, you know, with Wentz's ability to move. He, it's fascinating that they don't get called for more holding penalties <laughs> as much as he moves. Mm-hmm. Usually when a guy leaves the pocket, you're always – you grab a guy, you don't want him. But for some reason, Foles came in, they got called for a couple holes right away because, you know, he – the linemen are grabbing, but they can't – but Wentz is able to kind of deter them from making the call. I don't know how he quite does it, but I I, I think that's another area that's going to creep up on, on Philadelphia. I think if you go back and watch the film on that game, I know we're, we're right after, but that hasn't quite happened yet. But if you just watch watch uh, Robert Quinn on some of those plays, he, he was getting held quite oh a bit. God, I could was, see him going to officials like, yeah, come like, on, you got to like see I, this. I, I, and there was a couple calls. That 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 call in the – now we're retreating back to that game, but that call on <laughs> Tremaine Johnson on the on, on the 
taunting. Mm-hmm. I never got that one. And the same thing on the field goal attempt. I never understood what they were calling there. They brought Mike Pereira in to, to explain it, and he couldn't explain it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he can't explain it, I can't explain it either. So, you know, but I thought the Minnesota game, that was a great win for Carolina. Minnesota, to me, is still a tough team. I, you know, the quarterback didn't melt down. Everybody's waiting for that. He didn't melt down. He played well. Their defense didn't play nearly to the level that they needed him to play. And Funches played out his ass today. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was incredible. He looks like a number one receiver today. Yeah, today he looked really good, you know. And so I, I think that was a great win for him. I'm sorry for Sendejo. His ankles might be broken after what Cam Newton did to him on that run. Yeah, that was tough. That I was know. like a basketball play in football. I know. We don't I mean, see that, that very think often. Think about how big that man is when he does that move. You know, I mean, that's like 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 LeBron. Yeah, it it really is. He looked like LeBron going down the lane, like he did against my Sixers the other night. It was a Euro step. Yeah, um, it was impressive. Let's keep it going. The uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. They look like the class of the AFC West. They get a huge win today. I mean, the Redskins are obviously they were never up. in the game. It was amazing. Yeah, they, they were just never blew them in the game. The start. I mean, that, that's not really the Chargers' mo. I mean, no, that, that's never been their thing. They usually let everyone creep around and stay close, and they somehow lose some of those games. But right now, they're on a roll. Yeah, I mean, this team in Washington is beat up. They they don't have anything left. I think they've mailed it in. Their season's mm-hmm. over with. I mean, they've been eliminated from the playoffs again today. They've mailed it in. Uh, it's decision time coming in Washington. I mean, at some point, you know, they have to decide on really where are they going. Are they go where are they going with Kirk Cousins? What are they doing? I mean, they got to try to get something uh, where they can actually look like they're a legitimate playoff team. I mean, they better examine their their medical. They got guys down on the field all the time. But I thought the Chargers today played their best game of the season. Rivers was really good today. Rivers looked like rejuvenated today. Threw the deep ball well. Made a lot of throws. I mean. They uh, they brought Kellen Clemens in late in the game. He's the <laughs> one who throws the interception for the touchdown. But you know you got to think the Chargers. They have Kansas City this week coming up. You got to think that they are because the Raiders just flat out look. Jack Del Rio got a contract extension. That's great for Jack. But this team, everybody got paid in Oakland except nobody's performing in Oakland, mm-hmm. including Carr and all those guys. So you got to think the Chargers, the way they've played and the way they're mounting this this they're they're probably a bigger threat to the Patriots that actually the Steelers are who we just witnessed get the ball moved up and down the field on them. And when you got Bosa on defense that can make plays, I mean, he, he's basically a guy that's in for the strip sack. It can happen at any time. But I just want to say the one-two punch of Rivers and Keenan Allen, it looks better than ever right yeah, now. Way better than ever. I mean, and Keenan Allen's making incredible plays. I mean, they just— He's making history. Oh I mean, he's like he, I think he was the first receiver to have three straight games with 10 catches and 100 yards and a touchdown. I think he was the first one to do that. I mean, he's been on a roll. He's been unbelievable. And, I mean, they've been moving the ball. They've protected. I think Okun got hurt today. I'm not sure. I yeah, saw somebody I go down. I don't know how bad. If he's hurt, that's really going to hurt them tremendously because they don't have another— they don't have anybody that could come in and do that, and that's going to affect Rivers. But, look, their defense with Ingram and Bosa, they're playing well. I think they'll be. I mean, Kansas City destroyed the Raiders today. The Raiders made mounted this comeback. I don't. I don't think it was an uh, an indication of how good Kansas City is. I think it was just how bad Oakland. Oakland came out. Can you imagine coming out flat for that game? And when you, when you j- can get back in the race, yeah, no, and I especially mean, for a team that's been beaten up like Kansas City, and now yeah. we have it. The Kansas City's their last two wins have been against Oakland, so they really could be on a complete spiral right. if it weren't for the Raiders not showing up in these games. Yeah, you know it's funny though. The, the, everybody talks about Carr. Well, Carr, you know, Carr's going to come back. Carr's going to come back. Carr last year averaged seven yards per pass attempt. Right? Mm-hmm. They were built on running the football. They were built on being able to control the line, play action. But it wasn't because Carr was making mad throws down the field. I mean, Carr gets rid of the ball. You you compare Carr 
with the ball in his hand to Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers who waits for the last second before he throws it. Nobody watched the San Francisco-Houston <laughs> game except for me and Millie, you know, and this guy Paul from Tony Peace. You know, we're <laughs> high-fiving when Jimmy G's making throws. It's, like, unbelievable, right? What's his name, Paul Garoppolo? No, it's not Paul, but he, he's a Patriot fan. He loves Garoppolo <laughs> like I do. I think he loves him as much as I do. Anyway, so, like, you know, it's like – Garoppolo's getting the shit kicked out of him. He's waiting for the last second to make the throw. Carr doesn't do that. Like, if you're just objective and you just take your fan away from it and say, oh, you're not allowed to say, like, Carr doesn't do that. Like, that's the magic that you see in Garoppolo. You don't, Carr hasn't been able to do that yet. Didn't do it at Fresno State, just for the record. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of the knocks on him coming out. He wouldn't throw it down the field. He took the check down, and now he's doing it even worse. Well, he's more akin to Alex Smith than people want to admit. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt, Tate Frazier. Let's talk about the Jaguars, too. So the Jaguars Jaguars go and they get this huge win against the Seahawks. And we'll talk about the end of the game stuff. I mean, that that was pretty crazy. Blake that, that Bortles. Was, yeah, Blake Bortles time. He's he, back. He's finally done it. I mean, this was probably the best game that Bortles, Bortles has played uh, as a Jaguars. It's a squad game for Bortles, though, yeah. right? Because he's playing. He's throwing against the defense that he throws against every day at training camp. So at least he didn't have to process, right? <laughs> People, I'm on my Twitter line. Oh, Lombardi, Blake Bortles had a big day. Oh, enjoy it, please. Like, come on, really? <laughs> He's enjoy not playing it. the Seahawks in the playoffs. Come on, enjoy it. Really? Are you kidding me? All right. I mean, great win for Jacksonville. I think they needed that win. Great win. But, I mean, I'm not buying I'm not buying them yet. I mean, I'm buying Jacksonville the best team in the AFC South because I think, and I'll say it again, Tennessee is terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mariota has regressed. They don't have a true offensive coordinator. Their offense stinks. They don't have scra- they're using a my man Adoree Jackson on as an offensive <laughs> skill player. Okay. Like I love it. Nobody loved Adoree Jackson more than I did. I love the guy. The guy's a good player, right? But if you're using him on your offensive team, you got real problems. Tennessee's terrible. Tennessee's, they go out to Arizona and lay a big fat egg. I think Jacksonville's the class because we know it's not Indianapolis and we know it's not Houston. I think they're the class by far. And when you look at the quick tangent on Tennessee real quick, I mean, Mariota after the game, he comes out and he says, you know, I, I haven't lived up to my own expectations. You know, he has 10 touchdowns, I think 14 interceptions on the year, which is, I mean, that's alarming enough. But then Taylor Lewan, the offensive lineman, they're one of their best linemen comes out and it's like, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to play for another quarterback other than Marcus Mariota. So the team seems to be behind him. He's acknowledging his frustration. I mean, does that help in the locker room at all? At least he's saying, I know I've been bad. I need to be better. Okay. So you got to figure out why are they bad, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, Mariota, Mariota and Winston. Let's throw Winston in this. These two guys are untouchable. These guys are great players, right? Well, Mariota nor Winston have played to the level of their recognition. I, I think Winston's problems look like so much like they saw in college. I think Mariota has to they Tennessee has to find an offense that'll be more conducive to him. And it's not really it's not there. And he's not being coached at the level that he needs to get coached at to really excel. I think, like, Goff improved with Sean McVay. I think Mariota could improve. Say Josh McDaniels was running the offense in Tennessee. Would Mariota be better? Yeah, probably he would be much better. But their offense is terrible. They don't have skilled players. Their offensive line isn't good. I think Tennessee is one of the most overrated teams. I've been saying it now all year, right? They draft a receiver, the the fifth pick overall in the draft. Like I think Tennessee is one of the most overrated teams in the league, and and I just think each week they come out and prove me right. 
I hope they do. Uh, and let's let's talk about the end of this Jacksonville game real quick. Uh, the Seahawks are obviously frustrated. Michael Bennett dives at the legs of an offensive lineman and starts this whole little scuffle. Right. Uh, and the Jacksonville players, uh, you know, get off. Leonard Fournette comes up and pushes Michael Bennett. Um, and then after that, Jefferson for the Seahawks has a you know a little scuffle with fans that were and these fans are throwing stuff at Jefferson. We don't know what they said or what they threw. Um, there have been mixed reports on that. But regardless, this whole thing just blows up. And Bortles after the game said that. Uh, Teams are, you know, they don't want to get their ass kicked for 60 minutes by the Jaguars, so they're upset when it happens. So they want to fight after the fact. Um, all this to say is, I mean, there, what's the punishment that will come from this? And I mean, is that well, is then the conversation? Right? I mean, the guy, that, first of all, yeah. then Jefferson, I think he heard. But uh, my what I've heard is see, there was a racial slur said directed towards him, and he got pissed off as well as he should have, and he went after the fan in the stands. Which like, you know, look, look, say what you want, you can boo players all you want, you pay you for your ticket, but you do that stuff. Yeah, you, you deserve it. Like he tried to climb up, and yeah, you know, you, it, it, it you want to be an idiot, you're yeah. going to get, you know, going to get treated like an idiot. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so they went after him. But I mean, look, look, <laughs> you know, Jacksonville. I mean, I, I think Jacksonville's a really good team if they can play their way, and they did against Seattle. Seattle had a couple opportunities, missed some field goals early, couldn't get the lead on them. You know, Seattle's another one of those teams that you know Seattle's offense is. They're not like I mean, Philly's a better offense than Seattle. But there are, to a degree, Philly and Seattle are similar in the sense that the play breaks down. Russell Wilson runs around and makes a play. We have a playmaker. We got a playmaker. He's our quarterback. Wentz, it, the play doesn't quite break down, but he's able. Wentz's ability to stay and be disciplined in the pocket and move in the pocket with his eye level down the field is so freaking unique. And it's so unbelievable that you can't really you, – you, it's really not part of the offense. Like, it looks like it is, but nobody really does it, and he's been able to do it. Now, if he's injured with his knee, that could change. And if that changes, then all these third and – this this third down percentage that they have is going to sc- go down. Same thing in, in, in Seattle. I mean, Seattle, it's Russell Wilson making a play. I mean, if you stop the loose plays from Seattle and say, Seattle, you beat us with your offense, they don't have an offense to beat you with. Well, the thing that the Jaguars did today, I thought that was great with Bouye and some of those guys. When those plays were breaking down, Russell Wilson's tendency is, you know, most people try to throw a dump off or a little drop off. He likes to go deep. Right. And it's usually to Doug Baldwin, who is running like a little comeback route, but then he sees the play breaks down, so he goes deep. They were ready for it. I mean, the, he had two bad interceptions where he basically just threw it up right. deep. The ball, but that's, their, but that's Seattle's offense, exactly. right? They knew it. That's mm-hmm. Seattle's. That's how you play them. So I, I think it was just one. You know, look. You can't get away with that consistently. It's going to catch up to you. It's going to catch up to you because the numbers are going to come back to the norm. I mean, what Philly's doing on third down has to come back to the norm because it's impossible. It's because of Wentz. That's why he's going to be, which should be the MVP of the league. And that's why I think that, uh, you know, when Seattle can't move the ball consistently enough, that's really what it is. They got to find a running back. They uh, really do. Yeah. Do you think Antonio Brown's an MVP candidate? Why not? Yeah, I think he's in the conversation. I don't think he is the MVP. I think the fact that Wentz, if it comes out that he tore his ACL and the last play that we see Carson Wentz this season is him throwing a touchdown pass with a torn ACL, sign him up. He's the MVP. I, I'd give him the MVP because they got 11 wins. I mean, it, you know, I'm if they don't have him play in some of those, but the, really when you break them down and see how he does it, it's really remarkable. I don't know. Antonio Brown to me is like I. I heard the TV announcer say, well, the, the Baltimore Ravens, they copy the, the Patriots playbook and how they take away the receivers. Meanwhile, Brown's got over 200 yards. Got, <laughs> like, that's no. See, what people don't understand is if Belichick is, a, is pragmatic, he's going, if he's, he'll put three guys on Antonio Brown mm-hmm. to take him away. 
He'll, you know, he'll put three guys on him. And he's not – Antonio Brown, I could tell you, next week ain't getting 250 yards against the Steelers, uh, the Patriots. So, like, I, I, I don't know how you can give it to the guy, MVP. I think he's a tremendous player. I think he's one of the best receivers. I mean, he, his route tree is better than Randy Moss. He gets down the field. But remember this, Baltimore doesn't have any corners. Mm-hmm. And we, we well, we talked about this while we were watching the game. I mean, even when uh, Antonio Brown had a pass thrown to him from Roethlisberger, it was a bad pass, and they and they tried to say it was great defense. You know what yeah. I mean? He was wide open every yeah. single time he wanted to be yeah. open. He was wide yeah. open. No, I mean, it's and like, they were doing these trick plays. They were bringing him up to the line and putting him in motion. Like they don't have. They didn't have, they didn't to, have do to do that. He was already just, open. He's going to be like Humphrey can't cover him. Okay, <laughs> the, they, Carr can't cover him. Like they can't cover him. I mean, Baltimore's horrible. They're, Baltimore. There's a thing in the NFL, so we all understand. It's called a good, a, a good bad team. Like there's some teams that are good, there's some teams that are great, there's some teams that are bad, and then there's the category of a good bad team. Okay, the Ravens are a good bad team. All right, that, that Detroit's a good bad team, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Jets at times have been a good, good bad, bad team. team. Right, yes. that's right. You see it at that. They're good bad teams, but there's a lot of those good. And so don't ever think. The Ravens are a really good team when they're just a good bad team. They proved it tonight. They're a good bad team. I mean, uh, if they had Jimmy, Tennessee's yeah. a good bad team. Oh yes, and that might be you know you. That's being, the definition yeah. of a good bad team. Yeah. They just happen to play in the South. They're a good bad team. I get it. Jimmy Smith, if he was there on the Ravens, maybe he could have guarded Antonio. Ma- Brown. Maybe he could have. Maybe. maybe he could have. Maybe. Uh, do we want to talk about my man Jimmy G at all? Oh, we already did. I. Just, well, was, I'll, I'll give I'll give you a few minutes. So Jimmy Garoppolo still undefeated as a starter in the National Football League. It was amazing. I mean, he threw an interception today. He threw for over 300 yards. His poise in the pocket, his re- release, his delivery, his accuracy. I mean, if you're Billy O'Brien, you got to be sitting over there. You picked the you – know, and, and, and look, <laughs> Billy O'Brien could – could. I mean, I, I don't know how long Billy O'Brien's going to be the head coach of the Houston Texans. Like, I'm not trying to report scoop here, but I would suspect it's a lot shorter than most people think, and it could be over within three weeks. I mean, because I think there's a lot of Hatfield and McCoys going on between the front office and Billy and all that. But he picked the guard, Xavier, and I can't pronounce his last name, in the second round. We really thought when, – when I was in New England, we really thought he was going to pick Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm sitting there thinking, what do you think Billy was thinking today watching Garoppolo – like? That's my guy, mm-hmm. you know, and didn't pick him. That's not going to make things much better in Houston at all. Can I just take a little tangent and do a little TJ Yates talk? Since yeah. you get to talk about Garoppolo, we'll I love talk about the, talk about the other quarterback on the other side. TJ Yates, a Texans legend, the only quarterback to win a playoff game in I Texas. Love, Pe- I love people TJ. forget, uh, 14, smart one of the smartest guys ever. North Carolina guy, uh, fourteen to twenty six, hundred seventy five yards, two touchdowns. He comes good. in. Savage got wrecked today and still try to come back i mean more power to him i hope he's you know going to be okay but tj yates had 31 yards rushing i mean two Look, i don't want it, savage to get it was hurt. a great game but i don't want savage to get hurt now i don't mean this in any disrespect towards savage but i always had a saying when i was at the raiders we're always a couple injuries away from being a good team you know and and yates proved that sometimes you are a couple injuries away from being a good team i mean he made them better you know he actually made them he better loves this. playing for the texans He's. I mean, I don't know how Yates isn't in the like. There's some guys like Yates isn't horrible. Like Yates, Yates isn't just just dog awful. I used to always say that Yates was a lot like Matt Schaub. And, I thought and, he was. And if he could be in a situation like Schaub was when when he had guys around him like an Arian Foster and skilled players that could help him out like Andre Johnson, he's suitable. And you have a good defense, he can make things happen. And that's what he's doing. 
I yeah. was happy for him. I'm happy for TJ Yates. TJ Yates. Nice little shout out yeah. for him. Uh, let's talk about the playoff picture a little bit. Uh, just big picture what's going on here. Um, Vikings lose today, so now they're the two seed. The Eagles win. They they take the number one seed back in the NFC. But if, if the Eagles don't have Wentz, the, the, the one seed isn't going to matter. It's right. I mean, home field. Look, one thing you have to understand about the playoffs is two things don't matter. Mm-hmm. Ex- home field and experience. Those two things, throw them out the freaking window, right? They don't matter, right? It's how are you playing now, and can you do things that the other team knows you need to do when you have to do them? Perfect example, the Cowboys last year playing the Packers. Exactly. Yes. It doesn't matter. Week off doesn't matter, right? Like rest doesn't matter. All that crap that we write about, well, they're going to be rested. They got home field advantage. You know, they got they playoff fly experience. across the country. You know, they yeah. got playoff experience. I mean, Belichick tells the story to the team every year. You know, we talk about playoff experience. Shit, Lawrence Taylor never played in a playoff game in his goddamn life. And he went out there and stripped two sacks, had three fumbles his first playoff game. It wasn't a, you know, he wasn't supposed to do that. He didn't know. He didn't know he wasn't supposed to do that, right? Just playing football. Playoff experience doesn't matter. Like, so, like, let's put that in con- – So, and home field doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the NFC pending this MRI tomorrow is going to be way up in the air. It could be high or low. Atlanta could be a dangerous team. They're right it, now the sixth seed after winning on uh, Thursday night. Atlanta should go on Craigslist and put an ad out for an offense coordinator. <laughs> That's what Atlanta should do. They should go to Craigslist in Atlanta, get a local guy, or Craigslist in most – and get, like, help us with – like, if they had somebody to help them offensively. Like, I'm not picking on Steve Sarkeesian. I just think Steve Sarkeesian has created this legendary – he's never called plays in the NFL, and for some reason we think he's going to be a guru. Like, he needs help setting up games because it's <laughs> battleship football, right? Like, they could be a dangerous team in the playoffs if they could get their offense consistently moving. The Saints, I think, the same thing. And Ooh, I th- they're the four seed right now. I yep. think the same I, – I, I think right now the seeding's going to be all messed up because of that, that seeding is going to be determined by that MRI this week. Yeah, and right now, so the way it plays out, just to map it out, the Panthers are the five seed, Saints are the four seed, the Rams will still be the three seed, you know, in the West, and then the Falcons would be the six seed. So that's how the so NFC So Seattle's play. out of it right now. Yeah, Seattle. But Seattle has the Rams again. Yep, Seattle's eight and five. They're the the seven, Rams are nine lo- and four. Yep, yep. So they have again. So Seattle's mm-hmm. sitting there saying we can win the West. Well, all we got to do is beat the Rams one more time at home, which I'm sure they probably think they can. I mean, the Rams took uh, – one thing about the Rams game and the Eagle game today, the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, I think the Minnesota-Carolina game, I think those games there was a lot of blood left on the field, and those games are going to be hard to recover from. Pittsburgh was struggling against Baltimore. I don't think Pittsburgh's defense is that bad where Joe Flacco can move the ball at will against them. I think they were recovering from the Monday night game, mm-hmm. I, and now they got to play another game. I think there's a war of attrition going on here right now in the league. I think that's what's going to catch up to, you know, the Rams probably feel like this week, that was a hard game for them. They're coming off, they lose, they're coming off the, you know. there's not, Some of these teams haven't played enough hard games back-to-back in a row, including the, including the Patriots. They haven't played enough of them. Yeah, absolutely. And then we'll look at the AFC, too. We have Steelers are now the one seed. Uh, the Patriots uh, will play Monday night against the Dolphins and could get back uh, to that one seed spot. And then you have the Ravens are the sixth seed now. Uh the Titans are the fifth seed, the Jaguars are the three seed, and the Chiefs are the four seed. So that's how all things are mapped out. And the Chargers aren't in it yet. The Chargers and the Bills are both seven and six, and they're both looming. The Raiders are at six and seven. You and can count the Raiders. Yeah, out. the Raiders are done. Yeah, I, think I mean the Raiders. Out. The Raiders. Uh, the Chargers play the Chiefs this week, which will, could flip everything, right? Mm-hmm. So it could. They're both. That's they, Saturday. We should say that. That's so Saturday. We have Saturday football love this it. week. Yeah, love it. So yeah, that's going to change a lot of things. So I, I think there's. Look, let's face it. 
there's a lot of there's two teams in the in the AFC. Um, I'm not sure the two teams aren't now after watching Pittsburgh tonight. Aren't aren't New England and Sac and San Diego and San Diego could might not make it. That's how bad the AFC is right now. I think they're going to pull out the West. I do too, but I'm just saying that there's really two good teams. I don't, I'm not counting Pittsburgh right now because Pittsburgh, to me, is a wounded duck right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, should we move on to guess the narratives? Yeah, let's guess. Well, I mean, we've already guessed them. I let's, mean, let's face let's be, it. Yeah, let's be honest. Guess the narratives. It's not going to be this fun. Uh, that fun this week. It's no, going to be pretty uh, self-explanatory. There will be more satellites at at, at, the, at NovaCare Center tomorrow <laughs> than they will be at, 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 in Washington, D.C. I mean, you know, that's the narrative of the week. How this all shapes out, you know, and, and I think the, the key thing here is how it all shapes out predicated by if he doesn't play and he's out for the year, this how the Eagles' offense has to change. And now the burden is going to have to be on their offensive line and how can they block people. And that's a capital H with the Heat because we're talking about Carson Wentz who is a god in Philadelphia. I mean, yeah. he, he is everything to their football and team And he should right be. Now. I mean, the guy's great. I mean, look, the guy has played this year way better. Like, to me, watching that game, Goff went one, Wentz went two, that's not close. That's not close. Yeah, it's definitely not close. I mean, Wentz is by far the better player, especially when it came down to late in that game in that situation. That that's when you can really tell how you feel about Goff because once he had the ball and they were trying to make a run, it was like I don't feel no, like I'm the Rams telling are you, make a like run I've here. been hard on Goff and I'm wrong on Goff at being a bust in terms of being, you know, like I was wrong on that. But where I think I am right on Goff is the faster he has to play, the less effective he is. So mm-hmm. when he plays against fronts that Mac McVay can't control with their play action and with all the things. To me, Todd Gurley is the is the driving force of their offense, not Goff. Everything Goff He's does, an MVP candidate. I know he should be no, an MVP. No one is saying that, but he leads the league in touchdowns. And, I mean, he basically he, sets a tone of the offense. If he, he gets is seven to guy. ten yards, I mean. He is their guy. Yeah. And what you saw is when Goff has time, he can he check the runners at first and third. He can make the throws. But Wentz carries the Eagles. Goff doesn't carry the Rams. And he doesn't have to, which is a luxury. Right. Absolutely. Um, but besides that, I mean, is this going to be a whole week where we get the whole spin zone with Wentz where – we can win with – they can still win with Foles. They still oh, have the pieces in place. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're delusional. They'll be delusional. <laughs> It'll be so good. It'll be – you know, they can't – I, I mean, hope they're still playing the parade. That's all I want to know. You know they are. I mean, they have to – I mean, look, I walked the dogs on the beach. There are more Eagle fans. I saw more Eagle fans than everything. You've seen them all over LA. Oh, I went to a comedy show Saturday night, and uh, I had four people behind me in line. They're, this is Saturday. It's not the game. They're still decked out in Eagles gear. Yeah. Eagles no. hat, Eagles shirt. I asked the guys if they were excited for the game. They're like, oh, home field advantage. That's what they're saying. They're I, watched, I, I was at Tony Peace today, and I swear there must have been 25 Donovan McNabbs in the place. <laughs> I, I don't know how. I he, can't believe that there are that many McNabb jerseys. He had a rough a, time there. There was a ton of McNabb jerseys in that place. Trust me, a ton of them. Now, you know what happens? Most people buy their jerseys, don't give them up, so... But there was a ton of them. Yeah. I love a Brian Westbrook jersey. That's what I respect. When I see the 36, uh, I'm yeah. like, that's a real I like fan. It. Uh, let's do some awards. Uh, well, well, it's probably our favorite thing to do. Um, and the first one, we have time my to go in the lane. Yeah. Oh, you want to do Fred first? I, I love Fred. Let's my, do Fred. Not, Fred. Tony, not Tony P. Fred not Palermo Tony P. Award. My man, to, actually, Tony, yeah, not Tony. My man, my man Fred. Uh, look, you got to give a little love to Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky going, into, going in there and – and, and I wanted you to bring it up. Howard coming out. Oh, yeah. He wanted me to bring up Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky. Just kicking this shit out of Cincinnati. I mean, look, if you're Mike Brown and this has happened, I mean, 
Marvin Lewis has had his run in Cincinnati, and sometimes maybe you stay too long. He can't get Hugh Jackson because, you know, Hugh's coming back to <laughs> Cleveland in 2018 because, you know. He's a hot commodity. When you're 1 in 28, nobody, everybody wants you, right? <laughs> Don't ever forget that. So, uh, uh, you know, I mean, look, I take your hat off Chicago. Everybody was was killing him this week. Bad job. John Fox isn't going to keep his job, but at least the team came out there and played. You could evaluate him. I give him credit. We'll have a toast for him. That was pretty good. And Gio Bernard shows him signs of life for really the Bengals. Good player. I think sometimes the Bengals have too many guys. Like, I think Gio Bernard should be the main back. You know, like he is Kamara. He could be Kamara for him if they really wanted to. I saw AJ McCarron make an appearance today, too. Absolutely. A little tape. You know who was jealous of that? Hugh Jackson. Oh, man. Yeah. Can we talk about Hugh? Yeah, please. It was so good today. <laughs> it was just so perfect that. You know, first of all, Brett Hundley is not an NFL quarterback. I'm just going to go on record to tell you that right now. They were they were doing a really good job of the Brett Hundley PR move. Well, it's what they did with Matt Flynn when he was there with the Packers. He comes in, he's obviously running the Aaron Rodgers offense, and then they're like, Brett Hundley making a case for being a starting quarterback somewhere else in the league. So the the score's fourteen to seven. Mm-hmm. Did you watch any of this? Yes, of course. All right, so it's can't f- miss the Browns. Third and one. I think it's that the Packers have the ball at the Browns six, right? It's like four minutes to go in the in the third quarter. I mean, it's it's early in the it's early. It's not like desperation time, right? And it's third and six, third and one, and they run it and they get stuffed for no gain. Mm-hmm. McCarthy decides to go for it. Why I don't know. I have no idea. He goes for it, and they and he calls a great play. He calls a great play. The only problem is he calls the play and Brett goes the wrong way. Have Brett would have executed the play that they called. They had it blocked perfectly. The back would have probably walked in the end zone. Brett went the wrong way and it and it fell apart. So now now the Browns get the ball and they drive it all the way down the field to go up twenty one to fourteen. Okay? Twenty one seven. Twenty one seven, yeah. Okay. We get a little bit of drive, a couple a couple D slants, bubble screens, we get it now it's twenty one fourteen. We get it back in there. The Browns don't do anything with it. They move it down the field. And now we've got like about three minutes to go in the game. And it's 21 to 14. And the Packers get the ball, right? And they don't do anything with it. And McCarthy punts from like midfield. He punts. Like, I'm like, you can't, you have to go for it. It's like third and five. You got to go for it. He doesn't. But he's going to get bailed out. Because not only do the Brownies not get the first down, they throw an incomplete pass, which stops the (laughs) clock. Just magnifies poor Sal. Sal, I feel so bad <laughs> talking about this. And then they punt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, on the first drive of the game, the Packers ran a fake, fake punt for that kept the drive alive. Now, Davis takes the punt and goes all the way back to the Brownies 20. Now, at this point, you know, just put the ball in the end zone. You know it's going to be an overtime game. Of course, naturally, they do. They score, make it 21 for 21. Clock runs out. Browns get the ball to start the half. They sack the they sack Kaiser Soso. The ball goes straight up in the air. They pick it off. How and, he throws that ball when he's getting I mean, you just gotta Hugh's, go down. It's not Hughes' fault. No, it's not. No, it's not Hughes' fault. Hughes Hughes done a great job. Great coaching. That that was all in the player. And then Devontae Adams, we should say. And I'm all about celebrations. I love celebrations. He knows he's playing the Browns, right? So he just wants to get out of here. He wants to go home. He's embarrassed that he's in overtime. So he scores the game-winning touchdown, and he just runs straight to the locker room. And then Randall Cobb sees that he's going. He's like, I might as well just follow him. They all they just run straight to the locker room. They're embarrassed so that they're in the position. But you, you know I what I found interesting great. about that game? Um, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. He was coaching. You, you know why? 
Because I think Aaron Rodgers felt like, and this is just Michael Lombardi hypothetical, I think Aaron Rodgers felt like this was the most important game in his career. And it was important for this sense because if they won, their hopes were alive, right? Mm -hmm. So they could then challenge these other teams in the NFC because he knows he's coming back. The sheriff's back in town. We can run the table, right? But if we lose to the Brownies, no matter what I do coming back, I think I'm going to be caught short. So I think he really got into the game. More of a, I don't mean in a disrespectful way towards him, more of a, this preserves my chance to help my team. And he was coaching his ass off, and I loved it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was telling Hundley. So when they tied the game up, they needed to spike the ball, and they were going to have the third down to try to throw the touchdown pass. I mean, he's telling Hundley on the sideline, like, what he needs to do, you know, the time management situation. If this happens, do this. And, like, McCarthy's there. I mean, it looked like Rodgers was basically coaching the game. And I loved it. And I think the reason he was doing that is because he realized how important that game was for his year. Mm-hmm. If they lose that game, it's over with for him. They got no chance, right? And so now they go into Cleveland and we're a place that, you know, with a bad quarterback, you know, and win the game in overtime. It's their second overtime win with since he's been hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And they kept their season alive. I, I give him a lot of credit. Absolutely. Uh, let's do the KGB award and that's going to go to the New York Jets. Uh, man, King they, Green. They tough tough day for they them. They go out there, they get shut out. Really tough day. Sorry, Mick, but they did a tough Tough, tough, tough. Denver reared their ugly head. I think certain teams have a hard time handling success, and I think that you know the Carol- the game last week against Kansas City took a lot out of the Jets. The Jets just really weren't ever in this. Yeah, game. McCallum took some big shot, big shots today. I think McCallum it, broke his left arm. Yeah, I, was gonna I don't say, I know how he he's going to be able it, yeah. to play with a broken left arm. So it could be Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg might actually be active for a game. So this will give the Jets a chance. To, have to really evaluate right. those guys. And McCown, look, McCown has played great all year. He took a lot of hits today. Absolutely. Some big shots from that Denver defense. Uh, we have time to go in the lamb, and it's going to be Tampa Bay, right? It's I mean, gonna they, be go Dirk going. they yeah. got to go in the lamb. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, Turk, they, look, l- l- this franchise has fired Tony Dungy. This franchise has fired John Grude. This franchise has fired. If they don't like the direction they're going, they're going to make a change. They fired Lovey Smith. They're going to make another Raheem change. Raheem Morris. Yeah, they're going to fire. They're going to they're going to make changes. I, I, you know, this this to me, Tampa Bay is sloppy. They don't do really anything very well. Detroit went in there and won. They fought back, but I mean, look, Detroit's no great team. I mean, people are talking about Caldwell only got an extension two thousand eighteen. I mean, if you if you had Detroit in the mix, if you had Houston in the mix, looking for coaches. I don't know where all these coaches are going to come from, but I know one thing. Tampa's going to open up. Absolutely. And uh, Detroit kept their playoff hopes alive in that game. Barely. <laughs> Barely. Uh, next up, we have Can't Tell My Courage from My Desperation. And I think we're going to do the snow game, right? The Buffalo Bills? I loved it. Yeah, the snow game. Look, I, I, the question you have to – you know you're going to play in the snow, right? Mm-hmm. So did you practice in the snow, right? Adam Vittieri, I mean, it was a hard ball to kick, right? So this is the perfect example, Tate Frazier, of teams making the biggest mistake – when they get a break near the end of a game. So the Colts intercept Joe Webb. Your man Joe Webb played today, right? I and, love Joe Webb. And they got an opportunity at, at in regulation. They get the ball. They're in Buffalo field goal range, oh, right? Yeah. But what is field goal range in the snow, right? It's not. I mean, an extra point was tough. I mean, the oh extra point he made was a huge ordeal. Oh, my God. He hooked one from, like, it was, like, unbelievable, right? So – but so they settle for it. Like they let time run off the clock. They settle for it. 
and then they try the field goal and naturally they miss it and then they lose the game in overtime. I mean, it's just like – and keep their Bills hopes alive. I mean, it was it was so bad. And you got to ask yourself, did you practice in cold, with cold balls? No, did you kick cold balls? Like, there's just stuff that's so elementary you should do that they don't do. It was amazing to watch the Bills fans. I mean, because they had all the snows. And oh, they loved as it. As soon as LaShawn ran – it was a great run by LaShawn McCoy, we should say, to seal the game. It, yeah. He gets outside and uh, Barkevious Mingo, you know, gets lost in the gap control and he scores a touchdown. And then the crowd's just throwing – snow in the air and it, it, you know it LaShawn's throwing snow there's snowball fights it was great it, 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 it was like really a, imp- it was like I a mean, backyard football game it was great it was really good I mean it was fun to look at I mean it was it was like the Army Navy game it was going to be a lot of running no passing absolutely uh last one if you don't know now you know the NFC's wide open if that MRI comes back negative. I mean, look, I think the NFC would be – I think Minnesota's still a good team, but I think Philadelphia now, you know, has come back to the pack If depending on that MRI. Now we're going to have to know about that. So you're saying there's a chance the parade may not happen? Uh, you know, look, it, it, there's a reason the guy's the most valuable player in the league, and you just don't replace him. Like, you just don't take those – like, there's always eight or nine plays in a game that, like, they're wild plays. Like, the like if you ask Wade Phillips tonight – a couple of the like Wade Phillips was dialing up the heat all mm-hmm. game, okay, and he was coming after him. And Wentz stayed in there and kept his eye level down. But guys are bouncing off him like they can't oh, get him on the ground. They had Robert Quinn hit him on the arm one time, right. and there's no other person in it. Maybe Roethlisberger five years ago, and he just shook it off and made the pass downfield. It was it's unbelievable. Like unbelievable. Those plays aren't happening anymore. Just mm-hmm. take them away from you, you know. And so. I think now we'll find out, really, it's going to be interesting to see what Seattle's made of, too. I think that's going to be another thing. Seattle's got three games to go. they got eight wins. They're going to have to try to figure out a way to get to 11-5. and five. We'll see what they can do. Absolutely. Uh, Monday Night Football tomorrow <laughs> night, we got the Patriots taking on the Dolphins. Is there any way we see the Dolphins pull an upset? Look, Miami always plays them tough down there. I know. That's, that, that, that's always, always the game where I feel like it's, I think it's the first quarter, game. I mean, Sue will be charged out there. But I would suspect New England go a lot of no huddle. New England try to up-tempo the game a little bit. I think New England's got to try to keep Brady upright, keep get the ball out. And double, they'll double land. They'll take Landry away from the game. Look, Kenyon Drake's going to be the back, so they got to handle the screens. Damon Williams is out. But – I think the game, they don't have Kyle Van Noy. They don't have a couple of their good players, too. I think it'll be a good – it always is a good game down there. The Patriots are going to have to find a way to win with their kicking game and with their ability to not turn the ball over. they got to control the defensive front of the of the Dolphins. All right. Well, there you go. Mike Lombardi. Uh, anything else, GM Street? Anything else we need to know on this Sunday night? No. Good day. It's great been day. A great, great day for football. Great. Some great games. Uh, we hope uh, Carson wins. Hope it's not the worst. Yep. But yeah, we'll, I hope we will not. see. Yeah. Yep. All right. This has been another edition of GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Tate Frazier. Thank you, Michael Lombardi. Thank you, Tate Frazier.